propositions 180 to 199 of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by geoffrey edwards proposition 180 every intellect is a whole so far as each consists of parts and is united to other things and at the same time separated from them but imparticipable intellect indeed is simply a whole as containing all parts in itself totally but each partial intellect possesses the whole as in a part and thus is all things partially for if a partial intellect is all things according to one but a subsistence according to one thing is nothing else than a subsistence partially the whole is in each of these intellects partially being defined according to a certain one particular thing which predominates in all of them proposition 181 every participated intellect is either divine as being suspended from the gods or is intellectual only for if a divine and imparticipable intellect has a primary subsistence the intellect which is allied to this is not that which differs from it in both respects videlicet, which is neither divine nor imparticipable for things which are dissimilar in both these respects cannot be conjoined with each other it is evident therefore that the medium between these is partly similar to that which is primarily intellect and partly dissimilar to it either therefore it is imparticipable and not divine or it is participated and divine but everything imparticipable is divine as being allotted an order in multitude analogous to the one hence there will be a certain intellect which is divine and at the same time participated it is necessary however that there should be an intellect which does not participate of the divine unities but intellectually perceives them only for in each series such things as are first and which are conjoined with their monad are able to participate of things proximately situated in a superior order but such as are far distant from the primary monad cannot be suspended from the natures that proximately belong to a higher order there is therefore both a divine intellect and an intellect which is intellectual only the latter indeed being established according to an intellectual peculiarity which it possesses from its own monad and from imparticipable intellect but the former subsisting according to the union which it receives from the participated monad proposition one hundred eighty two every divine participated intellect is participated by divine souls for if participation assimilates the participant to that which is participated and renders the former connascent with the latter 
it is evident that the participant of a divine intellect must be a divine soul as being suspended from a divine intellect and that through intellect as a medium it must participate of the deity which it contains for deity conjoins the soul which participates of it with intellect and binds that which is divine to that which is divine proposition one hundred eighty three every intellect which is participated indeed but is intellectual alone is participated by souls which are neither divine nor subsisting in a mutation from intellect into a privation of intellect for neither are divine souls of this kind nor such as participate of intellect for souls participate of the gods through a divine intellect as was before demonstrated nor are souls which admit of mutation of this kind for every intellect is participated by natures which are always intellectual both according to essence and according to energy for this is evident from what has been before shown proposition one hundred eighty four concerning soul every soul is either divine or is changed from intellect into a privation of intellect or always remains as a medium between these but is inferior to divine souls for if a divine intellect indeed is participated by divine souls but an intellectual intellect by those souls alone which are neither divine nor receive a mutation from intelligence into a privation of intellect for there are souls of this kind which sometimes perceive intellectually and sometimes do not if this be the case it is evident that there are three genera of souls and the first of these indeed are divine but the second are not divine yet always participate of intellect and the third are those which are sometimes changed into an intellectual condition and sometimes into a privation of intellect proposition one hundred eighty five all divine souls are indeed gods psychically but all those that participate of an intellectual intellect are the perpetual attendants of the gods and all those that are the recipients of mutation are sometimes only the attendants of the gods for if some souls have divine light supernally shining upon them but others are endued with perpetual intelligence and others again only sometimes participate of this perfection if this be the case the first of these will among the multitude of souls be analogous to the gods but the next to these will always follow the gods in consequence of always energizing according to intellect and will be suspended from divine souls having the same relation to them as that which is intellectual to that which is divine and the souls which sometimes energize intellectually and follow the gods neither participate of intellect after a manner always the same nor are always able to be converted to the intelligible in conjunction with divine souls for that which sometimes only participates of intellect 
cannot by any contrivance whatever be always conjoined with the gods proposition 186 every soul is both an incorporeal essence and separate from body for if it knows itself but everything which knows itself is converted to itself and that which is converted to itself does not pertain to body since every body is without conversion to itself nor is inseparable from body since that which is inseparable from body is not naturally adapted to revert to itself as it would thus be separated from body if this be the case every soul is neither a corporeal essence nor inseparable from body moreover that the soul knows itself is evident for if it knows the natures that are above itself and is also naturally adapted to know itself it will in a much greater degree know itself from the causes prior to itself proposition 187 every soul is indestructible and incorruptible for everything which can in any way whatever be dissolved and destroyed is either corporeal and a composite or is allotted its hypostasis in a subject and that indeed which is dissolved is corrupted as consisting of many things but that which is naturally adapted to be in another thing vanishes into non-entity when separated from its subject moreover the soul is incorporeal and external to every subject subsisting in itself and being converted to itself hence it is indestructible and incorruptible proposition 188 every soul is both life and vital for that to which soul accedes necessarily lives and that which is deprived of soul is immediately left destitute of life either therefore it lived through soul or through something else and not through soul it is however impossible that it should have lived through something else alone for everything which is participated either imparts itself or something pertaining to itself to its participant but if it suffers neither of these it will not be participated soul however is participated by that to which it is present and that which participates of soul is said to be animated if therefore that which is participated introduces life to animated natures it is either life or vital alone or both life and vital if however it is alone vital but not also life it will consist of life and non-life it will not therefore know itself nor be converted to itself for knowledge is life and the gnostic power so far as it is such is vital if therefore there is anything in soul without life this will not possess essentially the power of knowing but if soul is life alone it will no longer participate of the intellectual life for the participant of life is vital and is not life alone it is the first and imparticipable life but the life which is posterior to this 
is both vital and life. Soul, however, is not imparticipable life. And hence it is at the same time both life and vital. Proposition 189 Every soul is self-vital. For if it is converted to itself, but everything which is converted to itself is self-subsistent, the soul also is self-subsistent and produces itself. But it is likewise life and vital, and its hyparxis is according to vitality. For it imparts life by its very being to the natures to which it is present, and if the participant is adapted, it immediately becomes animated and vital. Soul, in effecting this, not reasoning, nor acting from deliberate choice, nor vivifying by cogitation and judgment, but by its very essence, and by that which it is, supplying the participant with life. Hence the being of soul is the same as to live. If, therefore, the soul possesses being from itself, and this is the same as to live, and it has life essentially, if this be the case, it will impart life to itself, and will possess it from itself. And, this being admitted, soul will be self-vital. Proposition 190 Every soul is a medium between impartable natures and the natures which are divisible about bodies. For, if soul is self-vital, and self-subsistent, and has an hyparxis separate from bodies, it is, in consequence of being more excellent than, exempt from everything divisible about body. For the natures which are divided about bodies are entirely inseparable from their subjects, being co-distributed with divisible bulks. They also depart from themselves, and their own impartability, and are co-extended with bodies. And, though they subsist in lives, yet these are not the lives of themselves, but of participants. Though likewise they exist in essence, and in forms, yet they are not the forms of themselves, but of those things which are fashioned by forms. If, therefore, soul is not these, it is a self-subsistent essence, a self-vital life, and a knowledge gnostic of itself. Hence, it is entirely separate from bodies, but is a participant of life. If, however, this be the case, it also participates of essence, but it likewise participates of knowledge from other causes. It is evident, therefore, that it is inferior to impartable natures, because it is filled with life externally. But if with life, it is evident that it is also externally filled with essence. For imparticipable life and imparticipable essence are prior to soul. That soul, however, is not primarily Gnostic is evident. For every soul indeed, so far as soul is life, but not every soul, so far as it is soul, possesses knowledge. For a certain soul, while it remains soul, is ignorant of real beings. 
soul therefore is not primarily gnostic nor does it possess knowledge from its very being hence it has an essence secondary to those natures that are primarily and by their very being gnostic since however the essence of soul is divided from its knowledge soul does not belong to natures entirely impartable but it has been demonstrated that neither does it rank among the natures that are divisible about bodies hence it is a medium between both proposition one hundred ninety one every participable soul has indeed an eternal essence but its energy is accompanied with time for either it possesses both eternally or both temporally or the one eternally but the other temporally it cannot however possess both eternally for it would be an impartable essence and the nature of soul would in no respect differ from an intellectual hypostasis a self-motive from an immovable nature nor can it possess both temporally for thus it would be generated alone and would neither be self-vital nor self-subsistent for nothing which is essentially measured by time is self-subsistent but soul is self-subsistent for that which is converted to itself according to energy is also essentially converted to itself and proceeds from itself it remains therefore that every soul is partly eternal and partly participates of time either therefore it is essentially eternal but participates of time according to energy or vice versa the latter however is impossible hence every participable soul is allotted an eternal essence but a temporal energy proposition 192 every participable soul ranks among the number of truly existing beings and is the first of generated natures for if it is essentially eternal it is truly being according to its hyparxis and always is for that which participates of eternity participates likewise of perpetual existence but if it is in time according to energy it is generated for everything which participates of time since it is always becoming to be or rising into existence according to the prior and posterior of time and is not at once that which it is is wholly generated but if every soul is in a certain respect generated according to energy it will be the first of generated natures for that which is in every respect generated is more remote from eternal natures proposition one hundred ninety three every soul subsists proximately from intellect for if it has an immutable and eternal essence it proceeds from an immovable essence for that which proceeds from a movable essence is essentially changed in every respect the cause therefore of every soul is immovable but if it proximately subsists from intellect it is perfected by and converted to intellect and if it participates of the knowledge 
which intellect imparts to the natures that are able to partake of it for all knowledge is derived from intellect and all things have their progression essentially from that to which they are naturally converted if this be the case every soul proceeds from intellect proposition one hundred ninety four every soul contains all the forms which intellect primarily possesses for if it proceeds from intellect and intellect gives subsistence to soul and if intellect subsisting immovably produces all things by its very being it will also impart to soul which it fabricates the essential reasons or producing principles of all things which it contains for everything which produces by its very being imparts secondarily to the thing generated by it that which it is itself primarily the soul therefore contains secondarily the representations of intellectual forms proposition one hundred ninety five every soul is all things containing indeed sensibles paradigmatically or after the manner of an exemplar but intelligibles iconically or after the manner of an image for subsisting as a medium between impartible natures and such as are divisible about body it produces and gives subsistence to the latter of these but pre-establishes in itself the causes from which it proceeds those things therefore of which it is the pre-existent cause it antecedently comprehends paradigmatically but it possesses according to participation and as the progeny of first natures the causes of its subsistence hence it antecedently comprehends according to cause all sensible natures and contains the immaterial productive principles of things material the incorporeal principles of things corporeal and without interval the principles of things which possess interval but it contains intelligibles and the forms of them after the manner of an image so that it receives partibly indeed impartibles with multiplication unical natures and in a self-motive manner things immovable hence it is all beings containing such as are first according to participation but paradigmatically such as are posterior to its own nature proposition one hundred ninety six every participable soul primarily uses a perpetual body which possesses an unbegotten and incorruptible hypostasis for if every soul is essentially eternal and by its very being primarily animates some particular body it will always animate this body for the essence of every soul is immutable but if this be the case that which is animated by it is always animated and always participates of life that however which always lives by a much greater priority always exists but that which always is is perpetual 
hence that which is primarily suspended from every soul is perpetual but indeed every participable soul is primarily participated by a certain body since it is participable and not imparticipable and animates its participant by its very being every participated soul therefore uses a body which is primarily perpetual and essentially unbegotten and incorruptible proposition 197 every soul is an essence vital and gnostic and a life essential and gnostic and is knowledge essence and life all things likewise subsist in it at once the essential the vital and the gnostic and all things are in all and each is separate from the rest for if it is the medium between impartable forms and those which are divided about bodies it is neither so impartable as all intellectual natures nor so partible as corporeal forms since therefore essences lives and cognitions are divided in corporeal natures these subsist in souls impartably unitedly and incorporeally and all of them exist at once through their immateriality and impartability since likewise in intellectual natures all things subsist according to union they are distinguished and divided in souls all things therefore subsist together in these and at the same time apart but if all impartables subsist together and in one they pervade through each other and if they are separate they are again divided without confusion so that each subsists by itself and all are in all for in the essence of soul there is both life and knowledge since every soul would not know itself if the essence of it was of itself deprived of life and knowledge and in the life of the soul there are both essence and knowledge for unessential life and which is without knowledge pertains to material lives which are neither able to know themselves nor are genuine essences knowledge also which is unessential and without life is without subsistence for all knowledge belongs to that which is vital and which is of itself allotted an essence proposition one hundred ninety eight everything which participates of time and is always moved is measured by periods for since it is measured by time the motion of it also participates of measure and bound and proceeds according to number but because it is always moved and this always is not eternal but temporal it is necessary that it should use periods for motion indeed is a mutation from some things to others but beings are terminated by multitude and magnitude these however being bounded there can neither be a mutation to infinity according to a right line nor can that which is always moved make its transitions finitely hence that which is always moved will proceed from the same to the same and thus will proceed periodically 
proposition 199. Every mundane soul uses periods of its proper life and restitutions to its former state. For, if it is measured by time, it energizes transitively and possesses a peculiar motion. But everything which is moved and participates of time, if it is perpetual, uses periods, periodically revolves, and is restored from the same things to the same. And every mundane soul, possessing motion and energizing according to time, will have periods of motions and restitutions to its pristine state. For every period of perpetual natures is apocatastatic, or restorative to a former condition. End of Proposition 199